0: Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Outside the Sheds. I am your host, Corey Jackson. Some people call me the Shed Adamas. I guess you can call call me the Shed Adamus after going 7 for 8 for last week's picks. But welcome back, Shed Heads, to a new episode of Outside the Sheds. And I've got to tell you something. If you guys aren't excited that the entire family is back together, I don't know what your problem is. We've got the NRL family, the Super League family, and the AFL family all starting up their, their Thanksgiving celebration. And if you don't know what Thanksgiving is, you live in another part of the world, it's just when families get together and they may not agree on everything. Some are Democrats, some are Republicans, some of them are Greenpeace, or some of them wear Birkenstocks, but they're all under the same roof and eating a meal together, and that's what we are in right now. We're all three competitions firing out and being one body. One decisively different body in some ways, but one body. So let's get into the 4020 this week because I've got to tell you something I I'm falling back in love more and more and more with the competition. Uh yeah, there's still some flaws, the bunker can't decide if it's a late hit, not a late hit, it can't decide if I can hit the halfback or full, or 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 the five-eighth. Uh, you know, we don't listen. If 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 players were protected, the halfbacks were protected back when Jonathan Thurston was playing like they are now, JT would still be playing. Because that was JT's bravery was being able to run right up into the line and get that pass off to draw people to him. So You know, that's just my opinion as we go into 40-20, but JT would still be playing with his headgear and all. Now, as we get into this and go over these scores, let's try to remember some important, important factors. There are some teams now that some of us hadn't expected to be in the running, and I know we're only two rounds in, but in the running for being teams that we could be seeing late in the season because they're only going to get stronger and their belief is only going to rise too. So let's start it off with Belly Ake's 500th game. With the Storm and the Rabbitohs, we all know the backstory. The Rabbitohs had not won in 17 appearances down in Melbourne, and guess what? It's 18 now because Bellamy gets a win in his 500th game. Storm 15, Rabbitohs 14. Panthers 20, Dragons 16, uh, Williammy Kickhouse 100th game, and the Penny Panthers hold on from a surge from the St. George George-Illawarra Dragons. Roosters 26, sea Eagles 12. You have to say the Habs are firing. You know, Luke Carey, Hollywood Walker, they were dishing, they were dealing, they were kicking, they were doing what they have to, and the Roosters get back on track. Titans 20, Warriors 18, A.J. Brimson and the boys showing that they are going to be maybe a force in the competition. But again, I think the other thing we have to take out of this game is What is the heat factor on Nathan Brown as the Warriors again struggle and you wonder if that loss of Sean Johnson could be, I hate to say it, maybe the downfall of Nathan Brown's tenure. Sharks 18, Eels 16, uh, you know, the reopening of Shark Park, which you guys all know from me talking about, I have visited. It is now a, 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 a beautiful spectacle in the rugby league world. When I say spectacle, it's got some incredible plaid knickers walking down the 18th fairway at the Masters. Okay, I don't know why I just said that, but Shark Park has really become something to behold. Uh, if you look at some of the pictures, they're actually building you know, hotels right there next to Shark Park. Maybe where I'm staying next time I'm there, who knows? But um, it is really cool to see Shark Park opened up and seeing the joy and the exhilaration of the crowd being punctuated. With a beautiful at the buzzer conversion by Nico Hines, Cowboys twenty-six, Raiders six. It was the it was the Tom and Townsend show as the cows powered past Ricky's boys. Knights twenty-six, Tigers four. Even without Kalen Ponga, the Knights decimated the Tigers, which again leads me to uh, again. Circle my time frame. I said round four would be the demise of Madge McGuire. Uh, and I think we're right on pace for that. I think I think this coming week is going to be the determining factor if your Shed Adamas' prediction comes true. Because if they lose to the Warriors this week, I think you can pretty much start playing taps for a match. And then finally, Broncos 16, Bulldogs 10, Adam Reynolds showing that he is the captain for the Brisbane Broncos, but also showing that he's got a future as a long snapper in the NFL when need be. Uh, It's just too bad Tony Staggs couldn't put the ball down, but that's fine. That is just the beginning of what I think is going to be a very prosperous end of his career because we know that that Adam Reynolds is closer to the end of his career than he is the beginning of his career. But I'm going to tell you something. I told you guys last week I am a huge fan of Albert Kelly. And I think Albert Kelly making the, 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 the game-winning tackle to seal the deal for the Brisbane Broncos in their victory, I think that combination is going to be a very sound one as long as both players stay healthy, Reynolds and Kelly. And I think it gives a dynamic that a lot of teams don't have is two halves that can kick that are going to keep both sides of the field honest. And that is going to be something to watch and something to behold. And one of the reasons I've said I think the the Brisbane Broncos are going to be in the top eight this season. I told you already, Your Shadow Dama seven for eight, back on track. Look at me. I'm boxing, feeling good about myself. Nothing wrong with that. I guess we all should be positive. I know half of us are mentally cracked right now after the last few years of COVID isolation. Uh, don't try to tell me the things, I wasn't able to breathe properly because my mask. Suck it up, buttercup. All right, just suck it up. But what I'm saying is, it's been a tough period for everybody, and it always feels good to get back on the winning track. Now, I'm going to say something, because I'm going to start my, my recap of the 40-20, uh, excuse me, my recap of the, of the week in the 40-20. I'm going with something that you're probably not expecting me to go with. And that is, if you're a Canterbury Bulldogs fan, you better feel damn proud of your team. Josh Adokar has has really brought a life back to the Bulldogs. Um, You know, Marshall King is running out of the dummy half position like a man possessed. I think if you're a fan of the boys from Belmore, you've got to be very, very happy with their last two weeks. I know they just lost round two. But I really, really think that you've got to feel positive. And I'm not saying that they're going to make it in the top eight. I'm also not saying they're not. But what I'm saying is week in and week out, for the first time for a long time, the Bulldogs are going to be a tough out. And this team is only going to get stronger in belief as long as they stay healthy. I don't know if any of us are 100% sure if Avarillo is going to be the partner of the future for, for their, their, their gun with the cap on, uh, you know who I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is, I think that they are looking, all right, it's Burton, okay? But what I'm, I'm just saying, I think that if you're a fan of Canterbury for the first time in a long time, you have reason to feel positive. And maybe Trent Barrett, with all this hair gel, has a chance of holding on there, working with Gus Gould, and continue to build something. Because they're only getting more guns next year. They're only going to get more more players and only going to get stronger. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see. But I think if you're a Doggies fan, you better be damn happy. Now, the other thing I saw this week is that I'm going to say and I'm going to point out right now that I think A.J. Brimson is the fastest half in the competition right now. And I know he, he was just a fullback recently. But the acceleration that A.J. Brimson has, and it might be half that half his hair is about five feet behind him when he starts running, but A.J. Brimson is straight liquid fire. And I don't even know if there's such a thing called liquid fire, but I just know A.J. Brimson is a streak when he takes off. And that acceleration that he has is a fine sports car. We're talking a Testarossa 87, all right? But... There's something exciting about A.J. Brimson in the halves. And with the news that Jermaine Isako has just signed with the Gold Coast Titans, I said again, the Titans will be one of the teams in the eight. And with under Justin Holbrook's tutelage and this signing and with the way this team is looking, I'm feeling pretty good, pretty, pretty darn confident with my pick that we're going to see the Gold Coast Titans playing some finals football this year. Another team. And again, you see how I'm starting this off, Shedheads. I'm starting this off talking about three teams in round two that are going to shock the system, as they would say back in the day of a little bit of, of NXT. Shock the system. Anyway, the Newcastle Knights are my other team that I think has beyond impressed me. They first demolish the, the Chucks in round one, and then they do what I said they were going to do and, and take the stripes from the Tigers. But I think it's even deeper than that because the way this team played, even without Kalen Ponga at fullback, they did not miss a beat. They went out and just put the Tigers to the sword and didn't really seem like they, they even, and I hate to say this, they barely sweat during it almost. And and I And I'm not going to say anything about allegedly, you know, Roberts and 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 Dane Laurie going to the pokies because who cares about those guys gambling? Because to me, players have always gambled. I'm not a big fan of the gambling. If you're an athlete, but it, you know if it's part of your culture and part of a, a country that really doesn't mind that as much, I totally hey, it's it's not mine to say, but you better play well on Sunday, and that is why people are talking about Roberts and 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 Laurie because they didn't really have. Really great game. I'm saying Jimmy Roberts got injured ten minutes into the game and hobbled around for the re- the next sixty. So, what I really want to stress is that I think the Newcastle Knights were just beyond the superior team, and and that again is without their all star that's making a decision if he's going to stay. Jay Clifford and and Clune in in the halves. Jake Clifford is starting to look like the player everyone thought that he was going to be. The player that he was all the way up through the minor grades uh, from the time he was a young boy. And he's starting to get that confidence. And you're starting to see with some of the things he's trying to do, the game is slowing down for him. And if the game is already slowing down for him in round two, as long as he stays healthy, what is this young man going to be like in round nine, round 10, round 13? He's only going to be better. And Clune is the other type of half, as Clifford is a little bit of freestyle with a good boot. Clifford provides that, but Clune is the guy that's going to sit back and strategize what needs to be done. He's got his live wire with Clifford. He's the guy that you're really going to see Clune become something I think a lot of people thought he could be, but the Dragons gave up on him to an extent. So the halves, I think, are set. But I think the real, the real freaking engine in this, in this juggernaut possibility is Dominic Young, Dane guy, and Bradman Best. These guys are beasts. These guys, are, and Dominic Young still is figuring out the game. You kind of see a, a savant to the stand where he's kind of looking and assessing and kind of figuring out how strong he is, how fast he is, and what skills he really has. And I think as that continues to to, to to grow and he continues to settle, you're going to see this guy, I think, jump leaps and bounds, even compared to what he is now. And Dane Gagai has a point to prove. I think you're watching a guy that I don't know if he is still upset that he's not with South Sydney, but he, he's playing like a guy that wants to show South Sydney week in and week out that this is what you could have had, But I'm back to where I'm very comfortable being, and that's up in the Hunter. And then Bradman Best, I don't need to say much about this guy. Bradman Best is a man amongst boys, and he's still a young man, boy himself, whatever you want to say. So he may be the biggest freak of all of them. That offload he's got as he's carrying three people on him is one of the best in the competition right now. And he's not anywhere close to being uh how should I say fine-tuned to where he is physically uh because he's still growing into his body so if you're again up in the hunter I know that you guys have been thirsting for a championship uh and, and you know and and now that you've got your your, your son back there you know you, you've got john's joey john's back in 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 the ranks. Uh, Newcastle is going to have a really good season. And the reason we can't say this is going to be an incredible season for any teams when we talk about this is we always know that all of these teams, because of the game we're talking about, Rugby League, are one injury from the wheels coming off the entire thing. But as long as they can stay somewhat, somewhat healthy, I think Newcastle is going to have a fine, fine season, like I said. Now, I kind of talked to you briefly about the Tigers and the Pokies, uh with Roberts and Dane Laurie. But I think the biggest reason that Madge is in trouble because their player, probably their best player in week round in rounds one and two, has been Jackson Hastings. Like I said, he was going to be. Shetta, Jackson Hastings to me is not the Jackson Hastings from the Roosters and from the Seagulls. He is the He is the the man the, the man of steel from the Super League. He is a guy that uh you know, if you saw his battered and bruised body at the end of the Super League grand final when Wigan lost to St. Helens, you saw a guy who left it all out there. And I think you were seeing a guy right now that feels now he's been handed a lifeline back in the NRL, maybe not with the team that anybody is hoping to be with right now, how the Tigers are playing. And the disarray. But that hasn't affected him. He's played incredibly well for the first two rounds. Now, let's talk about why I'm talking about Jackson Hastings right now. And that reason is his grade two dangerous throw on Tex Hoy from the Newcastle match has been held, meaning that they have not uh, deadened it. They have not, uh, you know, they have not, how should I say, Given him a pass on it whatsoever. And so what that means is Jackson Hastings will miss now rounds 3, 4, and 5 for the West Tigers. And this is a West Tigers team that doesn't have Adam Dewey, who has, uh, you know, horrible halves play besides Jackson Hastings right now. Uh, I, I told you over and over and over again in the offseason that Luke Brooks needed to move to the Hunter. Now, I'm telling you right now, Newcastle fans are very happy he didn't move there But Luke Brooks wanted out of the West Tigers. I think he thought he needed greener pastures. He needed a different place to play. And I think you're seeing a Luke Brooks right now that is kind of not 100% committed to a team. Who's kind of seeing like he's just going through the motions. The problem with that is in this competition, they're going to hand you your head if you play that way. And now, without Jackson Hastings there, you're going to have to have Luke Brooks show up and show out for the Tigers to even compete and, you know, I don't even know who you're going to plug in there at halves right now. I know there's been some speculation that Tyron Peachy is going to go in there. But, you know, I, 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 listen, you saw Tyron Peachy making little antics towards the camera when the Tigers are getting blown out as he runs through the end line. You see him making a, a boneheaded play earlier in the game and getting sent off. Tyron Peachy has the potential of playing all right one week and, all, and not that well the next week. But he's got skill and talent. But he's not Jackson Hastings caliber. And it's going to show. It's going to show big time. Uh, and that's why, like I said, I'm patting myself on the back because I think the Tigers are in trouble. And I think there will be a move uh, made sooner than later. Now, as we talk about a dismal team, let's talk about some horrible news. And let's go into the injury report. Let's go into some news that broke. Unfortunately, I told you guys last week that it was looking like Josh Hodgson only had an MCL injury. Uh, and that he should be back hopefully in five or six weeks, maybe four. Well, after rechecking that knee and checking out the structural integrity of it, it has been found out that unfortunately Josh Hodgson has torn his ACL and his career with the Green Machine, the Canterbury Raiders, are, it's over. It's over, unfortunately. Now the question now is with them repairing that knee now and with them trying to get him stronger – what does this mean for the Eels going forward since they've doubled down in bringing in Josh Hodson for next season? And you're talking about a guy who's had three ACL reconstructions now. And, and you know, what type of player is the, are the paramedic Eels going to get next season? And I think that's a real question. and I think that's gotta be a real concern uh, because I know they were in for, the, for Jermaine Isako and they did not get him. So, They've got to make some splash because there's going to be players that are losing. They're losing Rimani. They're losing some important key pieces to the blue and gold. Sorry, Dom. I didn't mean to say that out loud, but you are losing pieces. But the the problem with this is what is this player going to be like? And he is supposed to be the guy that's supposed to take Rimani's place next year. So that is some big, big news, not just for the green machine, who I think is really in trouble, but also for the Eels going forward after the next season. And I think it puts more pressure on Parramatta to actually try to win everything this year and lift the trophy at the end of the season. Now, other news that's just breaking is Harry Grant is also out round three for the Storm, which is going to be real problems for Bellyache um, because he's now lost the, the hectic cheese with his hand injury. And now Harry Grant is out because of COVID. So... You know, it's going to be interesting to see what Bellyache does. Who he's going to put uh, in the in in excuse me the the dummy half position with Harry Grant out, but Harry Grant is out for round three. Mitchell Dunn has been lost by by the North Queensland Cowboys to an ACL injury as well. His season being over, um, it's it's sad. After Todd Payton and the boys got to, to throw back a few beers after their dismantling of. Of, of, of Ricky's boys up there um, in Townsville. But another key loss going forward for the Cows. And then Newcastle forward, Lachlan Fitzgibbon. We were all worried that it was an ACL injury. Um, the way we saw them checking out the knee structure, even though he did start putting some weight on it walking off the field uh, during the Tigers match after his injury. But it's only, they're saying, an MCL tear uh, they have not decided how long it's going to be, but he will be out and miss at least a few weeks. And I think possibly the biggest injury news of the week is one of my favorite players, Brian Tao, for the Penny Panthers. MCL damage, six to eight weeks on the sidelines. Uh, I, I'm i not gonna 100% going to say this, Shedheads, but this could be the flipping of the ignition To seeing uh, Cleary coming back for the Panthers this week. Right now they have him in the number 24 jersey. Which means that he's probably a week away. But Luai even said he wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Nathan in the side this week. uh, And we'll have to see. Because it's a huge matchup. I'm saying them and the Newcastle Knights is going to be one of the best matches of the week. And you're going to see who, how your Damas picks that very, very shortly. Now, I'm very excited because I know round three is multicultural round. You know how much I am about all the cultures having a place. Everybody, no matter what sport we're talking about, has a place in the game as long as you've got the talent to play. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what creed you have. I don't care what religion you are. I don't care how bad of a haircut. Because if it's about bad haircuts, it would be a lot of players not playing in the league. But... It's multicultural around I think it's a great time I think you get to see some incredible jerseys uh, the NRL has 40 players representing 40 different countries in it right now are uh, representing that and that is to me just so awesome to see something you're not going to see in Major League Baseball something you're not going to see in the NFL the NHL uh, 40 different countries represented it is awesome just awesome to hear and to see. Um, so I'm excited about multicultural round, but I'm really excited about round three because we've got some incredible matchups. We could almost call this rivalry round because, and it kicks off with hate on hate. And you know how I love a good hate match, right? Well, we've got hate on hate kicking off round three. It's not kicking it off. That's that's going to be the dragons and the sharks, and that's already a hate fest, right? both of those teams don't like each other and that's what we got round 3 starting with excited about it going to be watching that in a matter of hours but the match everybody is circling waiting to see what the fireworks are bunnies chooks that's right your man David Lindsay and his South Sydney Rabbitohs going against the chooks i've got a dog in the fight we won't say who that dog is david lindsay knows since him and i have been to one of these matches together but I will say this right now, I cannot wait to see what these fireworks are going to be. I can't wait to see what the response is going to be for these two clubs. Um, what does JWH do if he gets his hands on Luttrell? How does Manu and Luttrell face each other? It is, it, is, it is theater times a thousand, and we're getting ready to watch it in a day. We're going to be able to watch it after probably the dismantling of the West Tigers on Friday night Friday, Saturday morning, whatever you want to say. Whatever time that is, and whatever time zone we're talking about. Uh, but it's gonna be an awesome, awesome match. But besides that, we've got the battle for Queensland. We've got the Broncos at at 2-0 against the Cowboys at 1-1. Uh, so this is a, a, a big matchup. You've got two teams kind of face each other that do not have losing records. It's been a while since the North Queensland, excuse me, since the Queensland Derby has not had two teams that looked like they were just pitiful and dreadful, um, just going head-to-head, it is going to be a barn burner, and I'm really excited for that match. And so I, I almost could say that this is a robbery, and we're not even talking about you know, the, the Dogs against the Sea Eagles because that has always been a hard-hitting and very much a, a, a match filled with a lot of disdain. Um, so much so, you know, uh, the man himself, Desi Hasler's coach both teams. Uh, so there's got a lot of emotion in that match as well. So I cannot wait. This is going to be an incredible, incredible, incredible round. Um, and it's going to be something that, that I think we're going to remember and talk about for a little while. Now, before we go into my picks uh, for this coming round, great news just broke. And that is that the government of, of New Zealand has lifted some sanctions and lifted some some... Uh, how should I say, structure they put in place for COVID. Uh, I've always been a very pro-New Zealand government, the way they've tried to fight COVID and the way that they have seen it as a problem and not a democratic hoax. Uh, But they have lifted some regulations that are going to allow the New Zealand Warriors to come back and finally play a match at Mount Smart Stadium. It has been stated and it has been slated, round 16, against the West Tigers, the Warriors will be running out on home soil. And I don't know if anybody can thank the Warriors enough for the sacrifices they have made to you know, be in so many different places, sleeping in the wrong bed, being away from their families, and still trying to fight. And I'm curious to see, with this news being handed down, what the response is for the Warriors this week. Do they now have something they can circle and see that they just gotta play with all their hearts for the next six weeks to get back home and then go from there? Because, okay, it's longer than six weeks, but still, they have something circled that they can be back on their home soil in their own locker room. And I I think that you're gonna see an, a masterful performance by the by the Warriors this week after hearing this news. And this could be the buoying that Nathan Brown needs to be able to to speak inside that locker room now to get those guys to fire out. But incredible news, I think the entire rugby league world owes an applause to the Warriors for what they've done. But I think it's going to be exciting to see that first match against the Tigers uh, at Mount Smart Stadium. So great job, Warriors, and congratulations. Now let's go into these picks for round three. Again, uh, it's going to be a tough round. Uh, but I think it's going to be a fun round. First off, Thursday night, like I said, in a few hours, we've got the Sharkies versus the Dragons. After Nico Hines kicked that game winner at the buzzer, I'm going with the Sharks over their rival. Friday night, Warriors and Tigers. Again, I just got in talking about it. I'm going to go with the Warriors in that one. Then the big one, Roosters, Rabbitohs. I think that the Manu revenge game is going to go to the Roosters. Even though I know the Rabbitohs are 0-2 and they're going to need a victory, I'm still going with the Chooks. Knights and Panthers, Friday night. I think a lot of this game depends on if Nathan Cleary plays. I don't think he will. I think that you're going to see, again, a motivated Newcastle Knights team. I'm going with Joey Johns' boys. I'm going with the Newcastle Knights with the upset over the reigning Premieres. On Saturday, Eels versus the Storm. Uh, I really think that injury to um, Harry Grant, excuse me, not injury, but that COVID situation that that has Harry Grant not playing this round, I'm going to put the Eels as the victors going down and getting a big victory. I love the way Mitchell Moses played in the last game, even in defeat, and I think that they are going to beat the Storm. Then we have the Titans versus the Raiders. And I told you I'm going to take that Ferrari of a car. I'm taking A.J. Brimson and the boys to beat the Raiders uh, who are reeling right now with injury. Sunday, Cowboys versus the Broncos. Huge match. I think it's a match that is going to have a lot of fireworks. I think it's going to be a close, close match. But I'm going with Kevvy's boys to stay unbeaten. And then finally, Bulldogs versus Sea Eagles. I think this is a huge match for both teams, but I am going to take the Seagulls. I think Desi's boys finally bounce back and get in the win column. So I don't know. As I make those picks and tell you guys about it, I think a lot of them could go either way. Uh, That's what happens in rivalry games, but that's what makes, to me, rivalry games the most fun games of all competitions. Now, as we make our shift and our, our pivot to the AFL, we go to On the Mark. Uh, you know, we went we went 500 for those games. And that was tough. That was tough. But again, we didn't have a losing record. We just broke even. We stayed straight Mendoza line. But the round, after we already had the, the Ds and the Bulldogs actually kick off before last episode and we talked about that, we had a, a match that I thought was going to be a big one. And we had the Blues and the Tigers, which usually had been the kickoff. For the AFL season, not this year because of the D's and the Dogs, but the Blues stunning the Tigers 101 76. As Presti and Rewald go down with injuries, the Blues and Voss, Vossies boys, rally in the fourth and overpower the Tigers late. Pies 102, Saints 85, a young gun show, Dykehouse, Hayes debut, but Jordan DeGoey was the, how should I say, the the top gun in that one. Cats 138, Bomber 72. Swans 112, Giants 92. Swans winning the Battle of Sydney. Lions 80, Power 69. Uh, the Lions roar back uh, in, in, a, in a really pretty, uh, pretty remarkable comeback. But I think some of the injuries for the Power is the thing that shows up in that one. Hawks 78, Ruse 50, excuse me, yes Hawks 78, Ruse 58 uh, It looks like the, the the Hawthorne Hawks Are soaring a little bit now It's going to be interesting to see, they've got a big big Key uh, round 2 matchup To see if this was just the Ruse Getting beat down as usual uh, I don't know why I took the Ruse, we won't talk about that Dockers 83 Crows 82 Three late goals, take the Docks Over the top, in a match The Crows are probably going to be looking at towards the end of the season, saying they let one get away. And then finally, my boy, Chole, and the Suns, 107, Eagles 80. The Chole era begins with an with a incredible victory uh, as the Suns come out on top. Now, let's talk about this a little bit. Let's talk about some of these matches. And the first one I want to start with is the Blues. And I know how exciting it is for, for Carlton fans to finally get over the top of the Tigers. It was an 11-game losing streak they had had to Richmond. Um, and I know how much they, they really, really wanted this. Um, Richmond started really, really well. And then the injuries to to, to Prestia and Jack Rewalt really kind of was the beginning of the end for for Richmond. Even though they started well, they just couldn't sustain it. And, and, and I think... I I really think the demoralizing factor was watching Prestia go down with that hamstring injury after everything he's been through trying to fight back. Um, And I think that kind of broke the spirit of the Tigers a little bit. That being said, they still were leading until that fourth quarter surge by the Blues. To me, though, the most inspiration that I've seen for a while, most inspiring moment maybe of the entire weekend of, of, of NRL or AFL, was watching Sam Doherty kick that goal in the second quarter uh, after he already had twenty. you know, he's already did 25 disposals for the game, which is impressive, but just the emotion that you got seeing him kick that ball after his fight with cancer, watching his teammates rally around him, uh, you know, that's why we play sport. That, those are the moments that you remember after you retire. Those are the moments that you remember when you've moved on in your life but that is the, the thing when you ask any player when they leave what they miss, and they say it's, it's the team, the boys, and hanging out and, and the celebration with your, with your mates. Um, but that was incredible. But uh, incredible, incredible victory and a real show of resolve by the Blues and a great kickoff for the Voss era to begin for Carlton. Now, another rally that happened was I think probably to me, the, the, the key matchup of the round. That was the Lions against the Power uh, up at the Gaba. Uh, and the Lions powered back late. I'm saying they they came back and, and snatched a match that I thought I thought poor Adelaide was going to win. Um, but, but Danaher had two goals in the fourth. Uh, and then Lincoln McCarthy really came out of their shell too a little bit. So that was a huge, huge victory for the Lions. Um, but I almost don't... As much as it was a huge victory for the Lions, and with good news coming down that Zorko, uh, that he's not going to miss significant time with his injury, which is which is huge, huge news for the Brisbane Lions. To me, I think the thing that really, really overshadowed a lot of this was all the players going down for Port Adelaide. Uh, you had Alir Alir, who now is going to miss some weeks now because of, of that ankle injury that he's actually had to have surgery on. Uh, Z- Xavier Dersma, his shoulder... Uh, it looks like it's not going to miss too, too much, but he's definitely going to miss some time. And then Trent McKenzie and his knee injury. So, you know, a team that came in definitely talked about pushing for that top four position. Heck, I was one of the ones who was talking about uh, Port Adelaide pushing for a top four position. This really could be in jeopardy with these with these injuries because Aliyah Lear is a shutdown player uh, and they're going to need him. I think they're going to need him big time. Uh, so, We'll, we'll have to see. One thing we do know is that Travis Boak, the ageless one, continues to go out there and to show out. And he might have been the best player for Port Adelaide the entire match. And then we go, to me, the feel-good story besides Doherty, And that's the Gold Coast Suns behind Chole, behind those boys, getting their first opening round victory in four years. And I think you have to think how positive that is. The Suns, just feeling it. You know what I'm saying? They it has been so long since they had beat the Eagles. It had been 10 attempts for them to beat West Coast, for them finally to get it done. But the best part about it was they were trailing by six points going into the fourth. And then they kicked seven of the eighth, excuse me, seven of the last eight goals to really seal their 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 fate and to get them over the top and to get that huge, huge victory. So I can't say this enough. I've been up there in 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 Gold Coast. I've been around that stadium, and I think they've been waiting for that moment for the Gold Coast Suns to say, "Have we now finally arrived?" And I know this week is going to say a lot. These matchups they've got, you know, they're they're going to have a huge, huge, huge match against the the defending premiers. Uh, But I think that you're going to see a different Gold Coast Suns team. And I think you're going to see a different Gold Coast Suns team for the whole rest of the season. But I do think that the Suns have, how should I say, turned the corner and that it might be shining bright up in the Gold Coast. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, I did. All right. Now, as we go into from great news like that, uh, we've got to go to reality. And that reality is that COVID is alive and well. COVID, you know, has affected the NRL. It's going to affect the the AFL. It's going to affect everybody. If you think it's gone away, you're crazy. I'm just going to say that right now. Now, I'm not saying that you're crazy enough that you can't drive to the grocery store by yourself, but you're a nut. You're a nut. Um, but the reason I bring up COVID is because we've got some major losses for te- two teams this year. You know, Carlton, coming off the back of their incredible win over Richmond, has now lost their boss, their coach, Michael Voss and forward Jack Martin, who have both been ruled out with COVID. And then probably the shining point for the Essendon Bombers after their their loss, yes, they did lose um, to the Pies, is that young gun Nick Martin, who had five goals in his, his opening match for the Bombers, has also been ruled out of the clash with the Big Brisbane Lions. And he will not be able to play because of COVID as well. So, again, the reality of the game, uh, I know the AFL says they are going to fight through it. They're not going to be bubbling up this year. If you go down, you go down. You're just going to have to battle back as a club, as an organization. But I think we're seeing that more and more and more as we see these players go down like that. Uh, and then I think the news of the round, I think what everyone was kind of talking about, the buzz, was the really the Willie Rioli hit, uh, the high contact that he had. Um, with Matt Roll, and it came down that he was going to, from the AFL, have a one-match ban because of that high contact. Well, the tribunal came back and said otherwise. And that is, they overturned the one-game suspension, and Willy Rioli will be able to play. Now, I know this has a lot of people uh, talking about ripping down the tribunal. I've heard a lot of people complaining about that, saying, what the hell are they doing? Um... But then I've heard a lot of players say, well, I, yeah, no, I I think he was going for the ball, blah, blah, blah. So it's very interesting to see. The AFL themselves are very disappointed with the tribunal's decision. But, again, you've got a tribunal for a reason. And if you don't want a tribunal, you tear it down. Um, the only thing I know for sure is the tribunal has spoken. That's all I know. And I'm not trying to draw a lie. Yes, I am trying to draw a lie. That's beautiful. All right, Shedheads, let's go into our round two matchups and picks for the AFL. Uh, we have kicking off, uh, and we don't know if he's playing, but we've got Pontapelli's dogs against the Blues. And we know Marcus Pontapelli might be out uh, with that ankle injury. He's kind of a game-time decision. But we've got the Blues versus the Dogs, and I'm going to take the Dogs. I was kind of going back and forth. I actually even have on my notes right here, I have the Blues starred, but I'm going with the Dogs. I think even without Bonabelli, I think, you know, how can you say anything about Beveridge's mustache? How can you bet against that thing? So I think they ride Luke Beveridge's (laughs) mustache to a victory over the Carlton Blues. Friday, we've got the Cats versus the Swans. This could be a real battle to see who finishes in top four. Uh, and we might be looking back at this match uh, in a few months' time about how key of a match this was, but I'm taking the Swans and Buddy to come over the top of the Cats. Then we have the Crows versus the Pies. I'm going to take the Pies over the Crows. Saturday, Lions versus the Bombers. Uh, we've already heard, like I said, that the shining point of the Essendon Bombers' first round was uh, you know a player that won't even be playing this round, Martin isn't going to be in, so I'm going to go with the Lions. Hawks versus the Power. Going with the Hawks. I think that those injuries for Port Adelaide are going to be a lot, even though, like I said, Travis Boke, Ollie Wines, uh, and I know Boke is, is, is never going to age. Uh, he is the Tom Brady in teal and black, but I'm going with the Hawthorne Hawks. Demons versus the Suns. Here it is, Shedheads. I hope you're all sitting down because you're picking the upset of the round. I'm going with my boy, Joel, and the Suns to pull the upset over the Melbourne Demons. Eagles versus the Roos. Do we really have to talk about this match? I'm going with the Eagles. Giants versus the Tigers. And I am very, very curious to see how Richmond battles back without Prestia. And Jack's fractured thumb, what happens with Jack? Um, Does Dustin Martin understand, uh, does Trent Kotchin understand that these two guys are going to have to lift their game? I know Dusty is now trying to get his legs back, and I probably would say this. We're not going to see the best of Dustin Martin until round five or six um, as he gets back to playing again after that injury from last season. Uh, But I'm still going to take the Tigers over the Giants. And then the final match on Sunday, Saints versus the Dockers. I am going to take the Dockers to beat the Saints. Now, as we go into the guns of the week, we have mixed it up because I have got two AFL guns compared to the one NRL uh, rugby league gun. But my number one gun in his 100th game, Villiamy Kikau for the Petty Panthers. Two tries, 105 running meters, one line break, one line break assist, four tackle breaks, and 32 tackles made with his win over the Dragons. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the video. Excuse me, the video footage of Williami Kickow uh, seeing his family being flown in by the Penny Panthers to see his 100th game, but there wasn't a dry house, dry eye. Excuse me, in the sheds, it was incredible. And it's something that, once again, just fills you with, with the love of what these games and these competitions mean. My number two, and I know he's been wearing a black hat on this show for a while, but that doesn't change the fact that he's a hell of a player, Jordan Degui, two goals, three behinds, 27 disposals, 15 kicks, 12 handballs, five marks, two tackles, 464 meters gain in that win over the St. Saint Kilda Saints. And then finally, Luke Parker, uh, leading leading the swans, that fiery white bird, unless he's the black swan, I guess, in the victory over their crosstown rivals, the Giants. Five goals, one behind, 21 disposals, four kicks, excuse me, 14 kicks, Seven handballs, five marks, five tackles. six excuse me, one clearance and 379 meters gained. I think that, to me, uh, is a heck of an outcome. I think that the Swans Swans are going to be pushing for that top four. And I think that that's why watching this match this week is going to be so key between them and Geelong to see which team can impose their will and get the victory. Now, as we go outside the bubble... Uh, this is a story I don't know if any of us really thought, but I have to admit to you guys, and I know you're going to say, you're going to call the Shed Adamas out on this, but Ash Barty just retired as the number one player in the world from professional tennis, the WTA, stepping down, saying that she has had her fill, that she's happy with what her career has brought her. Uh, I think, I do not think Ash Barty would have retired if she would not have won this this last this year's uh, Australian Open, I think that was kind of um, something she knows in the country that she loves so much. Will, what she'll always be remembered for, um, but I do think this, and and Ash Barty is too much of an athlete. Uh, you know, she's played cricket, she's played a lot of games, but I think what you're gonna see, I think Ash Barty is gonna get a contract to play. In the AFLW for her beloved Richmond Tigers. And I think that is going to be something, no matter how much her being the best tennis player in the world, might mean as much to her, except for that that Aussie Open, is to be able to run out wearing a yellow and black Guernsey for her beloved Tigers. And I think that's what we're going to see. I think Ash Barty is going to go and play in the AFLW. Uh, even though it won't make her the money if, as winning a Grand Slam I think that's where her love and her passion is going to be. And I think that's what we're going to see. But I want to say that, you know, after winning a Wimbledon, after winning a French Open, which no one saw her doing was winning the French, and then winning her hometown country's Grand Slam, uh, I can't say anything more than congratulations and do what you want to do. Life is too short not to do that. Now... I woke up this morning over here in the great United, excuse me, the divided states of America. I'm not going to change that yet. Uh, Waking up in the big uh, DF, uh, the DSA. I woke up in the DSA and I saw a story that I was not expecting to see. But the way the NFL has been going, should anything surprise us anymore? And that is that the Chiefs have have traded their star receiver, Tyreek Hill, to to the Miami Dolphins for five picks. A first, second, and third round pick in 2022, and a fourth and sixth round pick in 2023. Now, here's the big thing, and this is, I think, why Tyreek Hill said, okay, I'll do it, is because Tyreek Hill just signed a four-year extension for $120 million, but here's the kicker, $72 million of it is guaranteed. Boy, I don't know what I could do with $72 million guaranteed, Uh, as I look at my my wingman came in the room, uh, Zeke. Uh, I think you all know him, the the team mascot, my little one, my little guy, uh, as he sits in his chair like the king that he is, but I do think $72 million guaranteed, and I think this is why you saw a couple moves. Uh, Number one, let's go over some of the moves that have happened since the last time I've talked to you, shedheads, and that is the Deshaun Watson trade to the Browns, now Everyone said the Browns were out of contention with this. But the thing that I think made Deshaun Watson flip is when he heard the Browns say that they guarantee him a five-year, $230 million deal. Guaranteed. And the thing is, he still has legal problems that he's got to worry about. But he still has gotten guaranteed money offered to him by the Cleveland Browns. And I think that's why he said, okay, I'll sign with Cleveland. Now, what that does for Baker Mayfield, I don't think any of us know. I really, I'm really, i really shocked about this Because the crazy thing is, the the Cleveland Browns have been horrible forever. And until Baker Mayfield showed up, they were horrible. And then Baker Mayfield gets them within an incredible moment for the Kansas City Chiefs playing Chiefs football, that take them over the top of the Browns. But everybody thought, had high expectations for the Browns, and it was a bad year. But Baker Mayfield was beat the heck up. Saying he was beat the hell up. And they give up on him that quick. And I know that he can be prickly at times. But most of the great players are prickly. They just are. You know, they don't don't sit up there and talk about being immunized. No, they're just prickly. And Baker Mayfield can be prickly. Baker Mayfield doesn't live too far from where I am. But that doesn't change the fact that I think he fits that Cleveland hard work mentality that, that, that Cleveland is. And I don't think the Deshaun Watson move up there is a good move for Cleveland. I don't. I don't think it's for for either one of the two parties. But we'll have to see. He's a hell of a player. But I think he would have done better with Seattle or going back home to Carolina. Um, But we'll see what guaranteed money gets you. We'll see what guaranteed money gets you. But other big moves. It's going to be so strange seeing Matt Ryan with the horseshoe on his helmet being traded up to... The Indianapolis Colts, and then hearing the, the 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 you know the Falcons organization say that they could have got more for Matt Ryan going other places, but they wanted to do right by Matt. And I've said this over and over and over again. For as much as we have teams like the Dallas Cowboys, who to me are kind of the one-eyed pirates of the league, that'll oh, wait a second. I can't say that because the Raiders. Uh, let's just say Jarrah and the boys do it their way, right? But I really feel the Falcons. And, and 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 their owner really do things for the betterment of their players. Uh, if you go to that stadium, it's the only stadium that you can actually afford to feed a family without going bankrupt or taking out a loan going to a professional match. Um, I have always, always, always been pro Falcons about that for what they've done to make a family atmosphere there. And I think them doing what they did for Matt Ryan shows you what class of an organization – the boys in the ATL are. But he's going to be a Colt, uh, and so we'll see how that works. And then we find out, I'm, I'm like, you know, I, j- I talked to a buddy of mine yesterday. I was like, where do the Falcons go? Well, we found out pretty quickly after that. Marcus Mariota has been given a lifeline, and he's leaving the Raiders to go now to the ATL. And I do think with that track, meaning playing surface, that they play on, that you're going to see them use Marcus Mariota's speed. Hopefully he shaves that beard off because it's horrendous. But Marcus Mariota now, a falcon. He's a dirty bird. So we'll see what that happens. It, it is insane what, is, what has transpired this offseason in the NFL. And we're not even done. We haven't even got to the draft day yet. So what draft day moves are going to happen? Because I do not think, I saw videos today uh, of Drew Locke getting a getting a hat handed to him uh, as he's walking through Seattle's corridors as being, quote-unquote, the new quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. If the Seahawks really do think that Drew Locke is their quarterback of the future, uh, I think they might be the 10th man now instead of the 12th man because that is a ridiculous decision. But we're just going to have to wait and see. But I think that's why everybody says the NFL is what the NFL is And something to watch and to behold because you just don't know what the hell is going to happen week in and week out. They're insane there. And what's even more fascinating is that Colin Kaepernick is still not anywhere to be found. So NFL doing NFL things. But shed heads, that brings to a close another incredible episode of Outside the Sheds. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. I usually always do. But for myself, my wingman sitting here, the incredible Zeke jackson i sign off i say adieu. do but take in multicultural round. it is going to be something to behold uh and we've got some key matchups in the afl uh if you try to say that you're bored this weekend you're insane but until next week shed heads stay out of trouble don't get caught uh, this has been outside the sheds i am Corey jackson david Lindsay. i'm coming for you in the bunnies see ya and that was another fantastic episode of outside the sheds with corey jackson talking all things nrl afl and all things sports so please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what australian sport is all about